Hey, Vicki Street here. A couple years ago, I went through a traumatic experience that changed my life forever. And ever since then, I've been an advocate for mental health awareness and want to share a very special opportunity with you. On March 25th, the National Council for Mental Well-Being and the Wellness Haven Co. will be offering mental health first aid training. That means you can get certified to recognize, de-escalate, and ultimately empower individuals in the situations they may be going through. This one-time training is a six-hour virtual session valued at $175, but Vicki Street Show listeners can take advantage of a $75 promo deal by visiting thewellnesshaven.co. Now let's start the show. And remember, mental health matters. your girl vicky street and you are watching yet another episode of the vicky street show and today i'm so excited because this is something that i've been wanting to talk about for a while today we are merging music and mental health and today i have a host of folks who work in the mental health field some of which they work with me very closely i'm gonna let them introduce themselves and we're gonna start right here with my girl Britt. go ahead and introduce yourself Hey everyone, I'm Brittany Rogers. I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor and a certified alcohol and drug counselor. I'm also an author. I have a book entitled The Things I Wish I Knew, A Millennial's Guide to Learning the Mental and Emotional Concepts that the School System and Our Parents Didn't Teach Us. I do YouTube. Make sure you check me out, Keeping It a Buck with B, where I talk about relationship dynamics, family dynamics, mental health, and emotional wellness. And, uh, I like to consider myself a non-traditional therapist. Period. You ran it down. Okay. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, this is Tanae Robinson, uh, a.k.a. underscore selfie connoisseur on Instagram. I am your radical self-love advocate, black mental health influencer, as well as a certified um, mental health first aid instructor and cognitive behavioral techniques life coach. So um, bring a real world experience and uh, a lot of self-love to, to what I'm doing in the world. Period. All right. Um, I'm Elaine Smith. I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Um, I have my own private practice. It's called CJL Counseling Services, but also known as Adult and Child Trauma Services. Um, I also have a book out. It's actually a workbook for women to almost strengthen your inner queen, which gives them an opportunity to explore some of these traumas that we deal with on a daily basis, but we really don't explore and be aware of. So I really like that. And also another thing that I do is I have a women's conference period that we have where we come together as a community to support one another, as well as network and learn different ways to truly have self-love within ourselves and take care of ourselves in a better way. Okay, 
So I'm Sharon Ivy. I'm a mental health nurse practitioner. I have Come my doctorate closer. degree. I'm here with all the lovely therapists. I do focus in medication management. I also focus in African-American studies. There's so much trauma in our race, women, mm -hmm. African-American. Mm -hmm. I also do private practice. I have my own practice. It's called Sunshine Psychiatry. It's in the medical district. Not a big on social media, but you can find me if you Google me. Mm -hmm. I just like how you said that, like, Google, Google me. me. Google period. <laughs> gonna, it's going to pop up. You're going to find me. Okay. <laughs> Bet. Well, the year is 2023. It is February, and we are in Chicago. And I'm sitting among some mental health professionals. And I just want to know, as we have, quote unquote, came up out of the pandemic, how do you feel like um, our brains have changed? I've been hearing, I even heard on the news that we have like aged like a couple years or so from being in the pandemic. I wanted to really hear from you all's perspective, like what's the validity to that? How has that changed this? I mean, I'll, I'll start if you have something. Sure. I think one of the things that the pandemic has done with us is allowed us to be within ourselves, mm -hmm. forced us to sit with ourselves, because mm -hmm. oftentimes we live a fast life because we avoid a lot of things. And the last two years, we had to really sit with ourselves. And unfortunately, some of us didn't like what we sat with, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, or in some cases, don't even know who we were sitting with because we're always running to do something else instead of really taking care of ourselves. And I really do think that, as they say, <laughs> pandemic is over. I really don't see that because I feel like we're going to be faced with a great deal of the aftermath for a few more years. Absolutely. Mm. Right. Because yeah. of the anxiety, the yes. depression. Yes. Not only that, we don't even know who was living with who at the time as far as trauma was yes. concerned. Right. right. Even our youth. Yep. So we're looking at having to constantly, I think, be prepared for what this is going to look like for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. I am seeing some of that now. I work at Garfield Park Hospital for kids. And the kids, five, six, seven, who were at home during the pandemic, they cannot function in a social setting. First day they go to school, they have to be sassed. This person mm -hmm. is disruptive. This person have anger issue. And it's they. this is their first time leaving home. Mm -hmm. Because when it was time for them to leave home, they were home. Mm -hmm. So at five and six, they do not know how to function. So you're seeing it already in that age group. Yeah. I think mentally we're still there. Yeah. We're yeah. not over this yet. Yeah. And yeah. when you talk about, you know, sure. the question you asked if we, in a sense, we feel like we've either aged. I feel like a lot of people feel like they've lost time, Absolutely. right? Like we have people who were going through major transitions through those two years that they kind of missed out on. She spoke yeah. about the younger kids, but like I work with college students and high yeah. school students. And so some of them, you know, lost out on prom, the things that they've looked yeah. forward to for a big chunk of their life. People yeah. who had plans to get married and had to move their weddings. And sometimes yeah. that didn't even happen because the other stuff came out. Right. So a lot of people, suffered different levels of loss and grief of losing moments that they had looked forward to yeah. their entire lives. You know, even going into college, right? Like you look so much, you look forward to that freshman year and a lot of people mm -hmm. had to stay home, especially those. I, I, I feel for those who were looking forward to a sense of an escape yep. and yeah. the pandemic kind of took that away from yes. them, right? So if you're struggling at home and you're like, I can't wait to go to college, which a lot of kids feel regardless if, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's trauma or not, but like, to know that yeah. you have to now sit, you now have to stay at home and you don't know how long that's going to last. Right. I think that was something that brought up anxiety in us is like, we didn't have an end date for this. Absolutely. You know, yeah. we didn't know when things were going to start to open back up. So the unknown in itself brings a lot of anxiety as well as what she mentioned as far as just social anxiety. Yeah, now yeah. we're seeing that a lot. Even people who were very maybe extroverted before the pandemic mm -hmm. now are struggling and trying to figure out how do I reintegrate into um, these social spaces and how do I show myself authentically, you know, sometimes even without drugs, without alcohol, like mm -hmm. how do I show up as me? Um, and now is it, is it safe too? Right, like, right. Outside of those other forces of, you know, just going out and hanging out. Like we in, we in Chicago, you know, like amazing city, always something to do in Chicago. And although these spaces have opened back up, we were just shut down and told not to go to these spaces for the last, 
two, three, mm-hmm. two and a half years, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to go with masks. But then, and then there's this debate on television all across the country because every state is doing something completely different. different. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, from what I've experienced personally, as well as individuals that I've that I've encountered, is just it's exacerbated issues that weren't as prevalent or as known to them. Like they weren't, they didn't have social anxiety before, but now they do. Mm-hmm. Because am I gonna go in here and the person that coughs? Because they choked on their water that I do often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do they have COVID? And I'm am I gonna die now? You yeah. know, or pass it on to exactly. somebody else who I can't and like know. it's it's that it's 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 literally like you said like it, there's no end and they're supposedly, you know, supposed to be endemic. That's when you we know we're at the end of this, yeah. you know, and that we nobody's talked about that that because we're not at the end of it, mm. we're still somewhat in the thick of it because every mm-hmm. time we cut on the news there's another point oh point four point something of mm-hmm. covid or of some sort of something that could potentially kill you you know or keep you coughing rsv you yeah. know it's not sure. killing you but it's keeping you coughing but then you have individuals now who are anxious and scared to go outside yep. or scared yeah. mm-hmm. that maybe we're not as as Hyper aware as they are now. now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So individuals are way more hyper vigilant to things. Like I appreciate now, like, you know, I don't have to worry about somebody on my neck at Walgreens when I'm putting my $2 in because it's that little sign behind me now. But individuals who, 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 will they even go to these, these spaces, you know, to live their lives? A lot of people are still, even though they can come outside, are not coming outside. And not only that, it's a side of it that we don't see the psychological. There's a lot of people who lost loved ones Mm -hmm. on their last days. You can't see them because the hospital will not allow you. Mm -hmm. So imagine losing your mom, your dad, and you cannot be there for them Mm -hmm. because, quote unquote, it's COVID. So psychologically, Mm -hmm. we're still in this pandemic. We're not out of And we have to consider the systemic pieces that we're still feeling right now. And when I say systemic, I mean like, the factories, production, you know, flight prices, mm-hmm. housing market, all of these other things that when we look at people psychologically, we usually try to look at it from a um, psychosocial, emotional, mm-hmm. you yes. know, mm-hmm. so that involves the systems in which we belong to. So when we look at the fact that eggs are still, you know, eggs are expensive as hell right now, <laughs> you know, we had that period of time where gas was crazy, right. you know what the I mean? Flight, got Louis bags. That's what I'm right. saying. Flights were out of control. Those are all outside influences that we still feel directly because again like if flights are crazy and you live on the opposite side of the country from your family that puts you in further isolation or deprivation of like community or feeling close to the people that you love you know if you trying to figure out how to pay for your groceries or if you're if if, your if your unemployment getting ready to run out, you know what I mean. Now, how can I focus on yeah. my mental or my emotional health? I'm yeah. surviving right exactly. now. Like a lot of people mm. are still in survival, survival mode, mode because yeah. we are still feeling these effects of the systems around us. Like and that in itself, just again, anxiety. We don't know if, uh, if um, the president getting ready to cancel these loans. Like yep. we don't okay. know what benefits are coming. <laughs> like in the midst of this, we got a whole new president. Like we just. Yeah. There's a lot that we just can't listen, Joe. If you're listening, bring them PPPs back. Okay. But to the point where you got people praising Trump because they like Trump was in here getting stuff done during the pandemic. But the benefits are leaving and people are still struggling. And the prices are still high. And not only that, but the job. Let's just talk about how the jobs are not even in a place of working with people like all of yeah. a sudden you were working from home now all of a sudden oh no i need you here every day we, uh-huh. there was no transition right it was like as soon as it was said like oh pandemic is over i need you here monday through friday what about the child care that they have to take care mm-hmm. of making sure the kids mm-hmm. like there are so many other things that is placed on top of what we had to go through mm-hmm. through the pandemic that all we're trying to do is function in an unfunctional space Right. And I will say that I'm I'm sorry. Um there are some some positives that we are seeing coming out of that pandemic too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fact that now we we do have a culture of work from home in spaces that didn't Praise have it God. before. You know what yeah. I mean? So like a lot of people email. are benefiting from that. Okay. Um, it's allowed people to save a little gas money. Mm-hmm. It's allowed people to save on childcare. You know, we're seeing this in our inner circles, and we're seeing it from people that you know from from clients and things of that nature. Like I can say now, as a therapist, I get to 
work with so many more people because yes. now they're not worried about proximity right, right. right. they can hop on a uh, on a telehealth call on a uh, yeah. video yeah. you know yeah. they can hop on the yeah. phone with me and not have to fight insurance to prove why i should have been able to do that in the first place so now you know i don't have to worry about the fact that oh i'd love to see you but i know you live an hour away mm-hmm. and now i can't serve you so like on top of being able to for things to be a little bit more accessible a little bit more comfortable for people the pandemic did a, a did its job on separating people from things that were not serving them whether that be relationships whether yep. that be jobs mm. you know what i mean it pushed yes. people into their purpose i've never heard more people talk about the fact that they picked up a skill or they started a business you know hobby. other than that that period of time because like she said it gave us time to sit with ourselves it gave us time to really evaluate am i happy am i fulfilled and if the world ends tomorrow how am i going to walk out of this earth feeling like like what did i get what am i what am i here for so i think it gave people a little push in a purpose and in a passions that we maybe wouldn't have got if people didn't have to sit down for that period of time yeah, and it I causes agree. more people to seek mental health care absolutely yes. everyone realized a lot that of that came could... from too because within the last three years the prevalence of mental health mental health yep. care mm-hmm. commercials commercials about medication commercials about mental health with people that look like me yeah you know or look like somebody that i know or is speaking a language that i'm aware of now i'm at home at three o'clock and this commercial is on and these commercials are running because you know i don't have cable i'm i'm straight you know fire stick roku whatever <laughs> like flexbox you know and they still have commercials so i've even seen it you know the fact that mental health is more is coming is more prevalent but it's also you know what i've seen with me influencing on on uh, Instagram and social media and things like that is, you know, there's that fine line between, you know, mental health care and self-care and things like that. And when it's real and when it's just a fad, it's just the buzzword. Yeah. It's the buzzword for this week, you know, right. that sort of thing. But when we were at home and we really were sitting with ourselves and really having to evaluate and say, hey, do I need some help? Because... I've been married to my husband for 20 years. Yep. And you getting on my nerves. Now, now I'm widows <laughs> every hour right. of the day. You know, when I really, I was gone for 80 hours or 40 yeah, hours yep, all the week. Yep. Now I'm home with these 40 hours or I am with myself in my house for 40 hours out the week and I'm working here and you know especially I'm single I'm single no kids I have a beautiful dog his name is Scuba Steve you know (laughs) I'm sitting with my dog but that was a lot for me too because it's like my home was my safe place for for a long a very Mm -hmm. long period of time and now home is work too so how do I disconnect from this single household you know and working and then also having to deal with two i I wasn't necessarily considered essential because there were individuals that weren't considered essential yeah. that still worked okay, yeah. okay. Yes. the admissions <laughs> counselors we was at work who's coming to college education and people <laughs> yeah. that didn't get any kickback or real praise that still had to work and deal and with the yeah. same fears yeah. of the dying right. literally yeah. that's really what i, it I would like to. to throw a monkey wrench in here can we throw in seasonal depression yes because yes. i'm all i be depressed already and then now y'all gonna tell me i can't leave yep. to come out the house like yep. i just thought i was gonna die yeah. like or that's, would have rather really low-key was like you mm-hmm. know COVID was death that's all it was i was so was like, scared i'm gonna die i'm gonna die if i go outside and you know individuals mm-hmm. who who live with because I've I've lived with and been diagnosed with like agoraphobia. I'm I'm verbatim knowing if I walk out the door, I'm gonna die. You know, mm-hmm. and now you're adding something that's in my face every single day on top of this president and people storming the Capitol when I thought that you couldn't do that. Like you was gonna die if you know all these all these things. I mean in the in the dead of quarantine you have George Floyd going on. You have these protests and we're in one of the big cities where they're protesting in our city. Well here's the thing though and and playing devil's advocate, all of this has always been going yes, on. Yes, it is. It's yes, not it like, oh you know what? Yes, it's, it, it just started happening. The pandemic I'm, exacerbated. exacerbated. Exactly. It exacerbated when you Focus. talk about like your you know depression symptoms and anxiety like yes. it just brought everything yeah. out things yeah. that again we avoid that lie under the surface or that we kind of ignore or we've normalized it and then yes. it's like again now you're sitting there thinking what it's what are normal. we doing and That's everybody right. was using the term it's a lot going on it's a lot going on because and these unprecedented times if i never hear unprecedented times again <laughs> i would be so lucky word everybody picked up <laughs> see it was different from me 
during COVID because I had to go to work. Mm -hmm. yeah. There were parents who still leave all three of their kids at the hospital so they can take vacation. So I had to go to work. I see it. So my fear of COVID was different mm -hmm. because deep down, a part of me, I mm -hmm. still believe a part of it is fake. Mm -hmm. Because what you hear in the news and what you see in the hospital is quite different. Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, you is to put fear mm -hmm. and fear. we all know Absolutely. fear brings anxiety awesome. but when you're seeing something reality. different from what mm -hmm. is being told to you mm -hmm. now you start really thinking what's the purpose Absolutely. so my perspective is quite different mm -hmm. i did everything i used to do i love being by myself so now i get the opportunity to be by myself yeah. i was in heaven but for the people who don't because of all this fear i have so many patients that medication was not working, therapy was not working, because just like you, they mm -hmm. felt, I'm gonna go to the gas station, I'm gonna touch this pump and I'm gonna I'm die. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because how can I tell you you're not gonna die? Because right. not enough information was put not out enough. there. It was like, specific what they wanted us to know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. and mm. then it's like you leave people, with, now I'm by myself, I'm in my space, I really don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. My anxiety is already exactly. high. My depression is already high. Matter of fact, <sighs> I have unresolved loss because I couldn't go yes. to grandma and grandpa funeral. Yep. And you're not giving me enough information nope. to even be able to feel like I have some control over what's going mm -hmm. on in my state. And the news be lying half the time. Yes. On top of that. I promise you, there's people I witnessed with my eye were not work a particular day and somehow their COVID tests come back positive. So when you see stuff like that, mm -hmm. you're like, nah, ain't no way. That's something I see for myself. So my perspective is quite different. I want to know something. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, I went through a deep, harsh breakup. And I stopped listening to music. You laughing. Tuh. I'm glad to be over that now. Okay. I was stifling my life. Let me tell you something. Is it normal for people to stop well, I feel like, yeah, it's normal for people to stop doing what they really love when yeah. they're depressed. It's yeah, the yeah. first thing that goes. Right. And that's what and I have done. Clients, don't. it's like, right now, I like to I like to describe depression as like this big monster, right? Mm -hmm. That likes to sit on you. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. the more you feed it, right? Which is doing what it Everybody tells you to gets. do. You don't need to get up and go to bed. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need to uh, wake up and like wash up. You should just mm -hmm. stay in the bed all day. Yeah. Like, no, you don't go, don't it's listen wrong. to, don't watch that, that movie or that um, video that's gonna make you happy. Go yep. put on something sad. Like, mm -hmm. don't do what you normally enjoy because it's not gonna help no yeah. way. Like, it puts these seeds of doubt in your head about your ability to yeah. do and overcome and so the more you give into your symptoms the more they take over and you don't do anything to work against or to challenge or to help yourself or to allow others to help you it just gets heavier yeah. and so the first thing that i tell people to do is like when you're feeling that way don't pull away from what usually makes you feel good because those are the mm -hmm. things that keep you going those mm -hmm. are the yeah, things that give you it. yeah though that's what you have to lean into but it's it just goes against you know usually of course with depression we see a lack of energy mm -hmm. yeah. um we see difficulty like or, or you know with anxiety difficulty concentrating yep. just a lack of interest in most things and so it's very easy to do nothing but Sometimes when you talk about like really not letting depression like sink you, it it's it's tapping in with that self of saying like right. even if it's the minimum, like yeah. I'ma do just a little bit today. Yep. And I can be proud of myself for doing yep. just a little bit. Cause what people don't realize is like when you give in to those depressive symptoms and you allow them to get worse and get worse and get worse and not do anything about it, then you end up feeling guilty about the fact that you're not doing anything, right? Most people who are used to being up and productive and, you know, doing music or whatever their passions are, that sits in the back of their head like, you ain't picked up a pen, you ain't yep. ran, no, you right. ain't went outside, you know? And so that just makes you feel worse. And that goes right in ties with seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. This is why people who live in places like Chicago, you're not outside anymore. Right. Fall comes, now you're lazy, you're tired, you have no energy, you're oversleeping, you're craving yeah. carbs. That's what depression is. Yeah. That's exactly what depression is. I so it's tough for this it. the state. Mm -hmm. I describe it, especially seasonal affective disorder. Like when I'm teaching in my classes, 
is, you know, it affects your ability to live, laugh, love, and learn. When it affects those L's, yep. it's a problem. You know, mm-hmm. like you're, and people don't think like, you know, I'm still getting up and going to work, but what do you normally do? Like, do you normally stop and mm-hmm. get a coffee and now you're not going? It's too or do you normally like hang out an extra hour after work and nope. do this? That's your normal life and you're not doing those things. You, you know can also I'm? be going through the motions and still do all those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like, living, I feel like I that have been yeah. running on autopilot. Not yeah. gonna lie. I mean, not necessarily right now in this space i really had to dig myself out of yep. there which is why we're even on this podcast right now like mm-hmm. folks who know been know i've been waiting on opportunities talking mm-hmm. about and doing stuff or wanting to put other people first before me but yep. like i think when you're depressed you lose what you love yeah yep. and Absolutely. that's a pun right there. and uh, yep. yes another thing that is depressed yep. When you are depressed, at first you don't want to recognize that you're depressed. No, not at all. You know, so what you're going to start doing is lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, no, 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 I'm not staying in the bed. I just really want to sleep. I've been working tired. so hard. Yeah. I've been tired. And then before you actually begin to realize, this is, I'm not living now. I'm not living. I'm just functioning. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even functioning. I don't even have a balance right, right. now. I'm yeah. just doing things because I have to do it. I have to. Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, and that, that sometimes... Some people aren't even able to do that. There's people who get themselves in debt and, you know, I mean, hoarders, you got hoarders, people getting kicked out of their homes because they haven't been able to get up and go to work to, to do that living aspect of things. And a lot of it is stigma because, you know, we use, we use depression and we use bipolar, just those words so freely. It's that crazy. You know, we, we live in the Midwest, mm-hmm. for instance. How many times have you heard, man, Just this weather is so bipolar? bipolar. <laughs> yep. And that, you know, that stigmatizing language, too, because bipolar disorder does not look like the sun is out and then it's snowing the next day. Not all the time. It doesn't look mm-hmm. that way. And we talk about depression as it being such a negative thing when all of us experience it. Some, us. At some point, there's mm-hmm. some periods of depression. You have people that will will experience mm-hmm. periods of depression and never experience them again, maybe. Right. Or they could be situational. Especially when you lose a loved one. Exactly, yeah. you lose a loved one. Or mm-hmm. individuals where it truly is a chemical imbalance, right. you know, mm-hmm. as to why they're experiencing. It has nothing to do with who they are as a person. No. Right. You know, mm-hmm. things. And because we stigmatize this language, especially in the black community. Yes. We yes. stigmatize yes. these yes. languages. We stigmatize depression. We stigmatize bipolar and things like that as crazy. Or yep. you just need to pray about it and things right. of that nature. In our culture, mm-hmm. everything is prayer. Mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. God will make and, so we minimize it yeah. and we don't accept it, so we're mm-hmm. stuck in this. And not only that, because forever. I know what you're going to say or I know how mm-hmm. you're going to say yeah. it, I'm you're not gonna even going to have me. a conversation yep. with you yep. because you're going to already make me feel worse. Right. Yeah. Because now I'm I don't get that God is going to help me. Right. I yep. don't get the prayer is going right. to work yep. because I've been praying every day. Right. And guess mm-hmm. what? Right. I'm Nothing. still feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. I always so, say like you could be praying about it and God is leading you to come and and speak with the individual you know and and to sit in these offices and talk it might be a medication situation you don't god help that brain that person's brain to be able to develop the medication that's, that's gonna help you that's you how know? you pray right exactly so you got it's like it's almost like are you praying and already looking for a specific answer yeah. you know and like I t- i've taught a lot of my classes mental health first aid um and certified a lot of individuals with one of a colleague of mine and she's holistic um and she's faith-based you know and her and i come together because we're both like you know hey mm-hmm. you know praying about is good i believe in god you mental know, health and a higher power yes, can coexist they can Absolutely. coexist and that's why you always other. have to ask what are your expectations exactly because if you're praying and think oh i'm depressed today and tomorrow i'm gonna I'm wake not up gonna not depressed, depressed. Exactly. you have an right. unrealistic mm-hmm. expectation yeah. and a misunderstanding of how mental illnesses work yes. or how mental health disorders work you know and that's one thing that i try to educate people on so that way we aren't continuing to mm-hmm. um misuse words or yep. um diminish the value mm-hmm. of certain words because they mean something for those who live with those things yeah. so like even when we think about depression right I have to tell people that sometimes, and I had to learn this, that sometimes we just have slow seasons, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it doesn't need, we're, we're so used to go, 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 go. Sometimes we have slow seasons. I know for me, the winter is my slower mm-hmm. season. So I have to be a bit more patient and graceful with myself. I may not get up and go to the gym like I did in the spring and in the summer. I may have lapses of not feeling really motivated. Um, I may end up deciding that, you know, I'm going to eat a little more because I, you know, I, I like my comfort food in yeah. the in the and winter months, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I might, I'm going to stay indoors 
indoors because I don't like the cold in Chicago. Right. So I'm not going to be popping out like I used to over the no. summer. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because I also use those seasons as a reset. I use those seasons Absolutely. to slow down and I appreciate that. But I can understand the difference in that and me being like, oh, I've, I feel like I've done a slight 180 from the summertime, so I'm depressed. No, this is just a different season for me. And we all need to be able to sometimes identify what those are and not put so much pressure on ourselves because we're showing up different in a different part of the year. That's how people get misdiagnosed. We interrupt this broadcast to tell you about an event that just might bless your life. CLJ Counseling Services presents Time for You to Shine, a conference that gives women the opportunity to unite and develop a community of empowerment empowerment and healing. Guest speakers include Michelle McKinney, Takiana McGee, Tracy Redman, Jasmine Matt, and your host, Elaine Smith. It's all going down at the Tinley Park Convention Center, March 11th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Get your tickets now at axcare.org. That's A-C-T-S-C-A-R-E dot org. And don't miss this experience. Unwind and awaken your senses with down-to-earth candles. You can choose from 8-ounce or 16-ounce premium coconut soy candles that shimmer as they burn. My favorite scents are self-care, which is a lavender sage, cushion OJ, and their newest scent, peach nectar. Listeners of the Vicky Street Show can save by entering promo code STREET15 for 15% off your order. Head on over to downtoearthcandles.com and follow their Instagram at DTE Candles to get your aromatic fix. have to change the definition of productivity and mm-hmm. add rest in there yes. because That's i true. think for for the way society has set us up it was like you know you got to go to work you got to do this you got to do this you got to keep moving and if you sit down you're lazy i'm not lazy i'm resting because <laughs> not having rest to make you crazy it's okay I, because it's so cultural yeah, yeah. because yep. i go. i came here from jamaica where it was about family you go to school you go home you chill Everybody come to America for a better life. I come here and I realize, yes, you can make money, but are you happy? No, you're not happy. So it's not all about money. So Mm -hmm. you have to realize this go, go, go. I stopped that really quick. Mm -hmm. You have to have a good work-life balance because if you work, 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 when you die, you're going to be 70, retire, have Mm -hmm. nothing. And I think we need to elaborate on that balance because some people expect like a 50-50 split. And it's not a 50-50 split all the time. Sometimes you need to give 65 to your life and let this be a little bit lesser. And sometimes, you know what, that might need to be 50 this time or 55. It's just being able to know when to shift Mm -hmm. in order to fit what your need is in the moment. For you. Some of of those shifts, again, like nothing is ever permanent, right? So it's like sometimes I understand like you, let's say you're trying to get a promotion or you're trying to roll out a business. You may push the 80% on the job or the career side Mm -hmm. or, you know, of what Mm -hmm. you're trying to pursue. But I always tell clients that like you that's not sustainable long term so don't go into it thinking like oh i can bust my ass like this for six months and not be burnt out no let's talk about a realistically right let's talk realistically how how much you should put the fire under you and how long and then is that goal attainable within that uh, within a reasonable time frame so that you don't end up on the other side of that feeling like i don't work all of this and i don't even enjoy it or whatever the case may be recognizing too like you said like when when you need rest and when you need to pour into yourself because i'm i am when i say i'm radical about self-love and self-care it's because everything that you do starts with you Absolutely. you cannot give regardless of especially being an artist being a musician musician or an artist you know you need to your your craft is you if you are not whole if you are not rested if your brain is not ready you know there's no blank slate there for you to create you know how do you pour into your craft and then benefit from it so it's like if you need take that rest so that way you can start over and it's it's trust it is easier said than done you know and I'm, I'm coming it, 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 it definitely does and I you know <laughs> being in corporate America I've been in corporate America for 
<laughs> way too long, you know, and quit my first job in July, mainly because I had to finally be like, hey, no, this is, I'm done. I'm done with this because this is not serving me. I've done everything I've needed to do in terms of therapy, medication, you know, things of this nature to better myself and something still ain't right. And this is one of the things I know is driving me crazy, okay. you know, That's for lack of a better word. Yeah. And literally did that and so much change, positive, coming off of medication, That's you know, things like that. people are so, scared of yes, change. change. People change, are scared yeah. of change. And, you know, we talked about mm -hmm. fear and I was taught long time ago, I think prior to my undergraduate degree is, you know, fear, false expectations appearing as reality. And a lot of that is what anxiety, anxiety mm -hmm. is. Yes. You're, na you're never, never really anxious about the positives. You're anxious about all the ways that that positive thing is going to go wrong. Yes. You're in you're this negative spiral and you become hypervigilant. You're trying to, and a lot of times I, I consider myself somebody who's been diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder. Anxiety is my superpower at this point because mm -hmm. I, I have my coping mechanisms. I know, I know, you know how to prepare to get here mm -hmm. uh, like we mentioned i had my charger i had my externals you know like because if we get stranded we're good you know so i was able to channel that into this in order for me to leave the house <laughs> especially yes. in what's going on right now this because i was this way you know preparing prior to COVID. So when COVID happened, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm in the house. <laughs> I got all the things I need. Like everything is delivery now. Cool. I've been waiting on this to happen. But like in a lot of scenarios, it's just, you're not looking at it that way. And no, you really, no. truly, truly need to be radical about yourself. And because in, in, if you don't take your rest and me and Vicky had this conversation a lot when she would be stressed out about a deadline that she created herself. Mm. And I'm like, Vicky, you can move that deadline at any point. It's your deadline. Mm, yeah. You preaching now. Right? It's your <laughs> deadline. You can move. Yes, you had a goal to get. But look at you. you stressing out. Yep. You're not performing well here. Self-care. You're, you're freaked out. You're not prepared. There's so many things. Mm -hmm. You are about to lose it. You can move that deadline two days sure. to get what you need because it's yours. Mm -hmm. Looking at it that way, put pour into yourself and self-care is important self-care isn't always just oh i'm going out with my girls to brunch no, or i'm going no. to get my nails done because yeah. i do get my nails done as a part of self-care i'm going out to get my nails done i'm going to get a facial that's not always what self-care is yeah. self-care so can be look. taking 10 extra minutes yes so stop, stop pushing your yourself books. look yes. we read we read on the way over here that about 70 percent of musicians suffer from some mental health disorder mm -hmm. that's true so They're as genius. we sit at the table with a bunch of therapists and clinicians what would you all say uh, what what would be the advice for some of these artists that they need to do while knowing that they have deadlines to maintain and they have to create on the spot? What can they do? Organize. I, have get, grace and compassion. Yes, give grace and grace. compassion. Grace was yeah. exactly what I'm. Be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things she said um, is organize. And one of the things that I really work with people on, especially when it comes to anxiety that may show up when it's time to like spit something at the drop of a hat yeah, or um, you just, uh, you have a deadline to meet and you may have habits of procrastinating. Organization and preparation is is an is it is you're going to be your best, best friend, friend when you have to do, when yeah. you are in positions where yeah. you are constantly put on the spot or you have to deliver mm -hmm. right yeah. practicing and knowing like what's coming ahead so if you know like this is something i have to get used to like even though i do this now and i'm okay when I used to have to public speak, like starting in high school, my nerves, I'd be there with mm -hmm. a paper shaking, right? Mm -hmm. And the older I got and I knew, I was like, I want to yes. talk to people, right? Yeah. I want to um, be a speaker. I want to be on podcasts and, you know, all of these different platforms. And it took me to harness my anxiety, learning those skills that she talked about, as well as like preparing myself for what I could be asked, what, right. we, what we may yeah. talk about, right. and the confidence in being myself. So I think when you have confidence in your skill set, you can deliver. You know, it's just not letting your mind convince you that it's going to be something that, you know, I ain't never did this before. Usually, you've met a deadline before. You've had to, you know. You've been in this space. You've been in, you've been in this space. And mm -hmm. when it's your first time, of course, there's bumps and bruises along the way, even your first few times. But after a while, so much of, like, your confidence and what mm -hmm. you are bringing to the table is going to override any potential yep. mistakes that you think you can make. Yep. There's something I notice based on the clients that I have, the research that I've done, most people who are artists, whether it's a rapper, a painter, a sculpture, struggle with some form of mental illness. 
with mental illness, the neurotransmitters, they work differently. And I've seen a lot of creative ideas that come from people during a manic phase or they write a most beautiful Mm -hmm. song when they're depressed. So we all see mental illness as so negative. There's so much positive towards it because people who struggle are always so creative. Mm -hmm. And if we accept it, who knows? One day I could get depressed and I could create the most beautiful song that sells a million. You just never know. So we just have to embrace it, work with it, and just understand what is going on with us. It sounds so cliche, but it's true when they say like, you're not you're not alone you know because you never ask for help and just speak out like talk about how you're feeling you know i know you know six years ago when i before i became i i grew in this space you know it was looking for help you know i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing i'm going to see a therapist and i'm talking to a psychiatrist but there's nobody that looks like me that's talking like this (laughs) and like that feels this way right and so it was like soon as i started talking out and i first started you know in a social media platform that I didn't invite nobody to. And it was just like, if you found me, you found me. Yeah. But as soon as it was like, this is me, this is this is who I am. And it was only, this was my only account and everybody knew it was me. It was like, oh my God. And I'm getting DMs. I feel this way. I, I felt this way. You're not alone. You're like, oh my God. Why isn't people talking about it? It's because of the stigma that they're in the negative. And it's the cultural. Negative. The we cultural, were told cultural not is so to talk about not, it. No. And not only that, yeah, but we be strong. Also, yes. We're told to be independent yes. in yeah. a toxic level. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I need to figure out how to take care of myself and do these <laughs> things by, by myself, myself. Yeah. and the thing you said you can't all of, like the anxiety the depression we're sitting here trying to figure out how to manage these things by ourselves mm-hmm. when all you have to do is ask people who yeah. can help you and be yeah. like wait a minute let me hold your hand mm-hmm. and let me help you see how we can work this mm-hmm. out for you mm-hmm. and another thing that we have to really stop doing is this self-care piece of comparing and contrasting. Yep. Because how are you taking care of yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you asking me because you want to know? Or are you asking me to try to tell me what I should, should be, be doing? Mm-hmm. When really it's supposed to be based on me as a person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because when we can start looking at us, ourselves as a person, and what we're dealing with, we can then be able to reach out and be like, mm-hmm. help me to get yep. to my point B. Yep. That's it's not a competition. Good. Like, it's, no. that's why I've, like, the last year or two years, I've really been looking at social media and mental health. Like, this is a fad now. You know, everybody's talking about mental it. Mental health is trendy. Yeah, are you, it's are you, it's are you right talking now. about it to be seen? So you know, here, here's what's going everybody on. Everybody got depression and anxiety. <laughs> no, no. Everybody have ADHD. ADHD. ADHD <laughs> now. That's too. And yeah. everybody's a narcissist. Yeah. And like, yeah. You know, all of these so other things. There's the education world. You can Google anything. And when you start reading everything, I promise you, you're going to say, that's me or everyone in my family. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you're Googling yeah. it, you're Googling something that little that, Joe Brown. Yeah, exactly. We teach it as a the red car red corvette syndrome because you know when you first get a car and mm-hmm. you get a car it's a red corvette mm-hmm. and then you pull it off the lot you see a red corvette you're gonna start seeing it now, yes right yes. Any car, so it's near. like you start thinking like oh everybody has or oh no, they got they got adhd or oh, oh they yeah. got it's just you're just recognizing oh, yeah. and it's signs and symptoms a lot of people exhibit just because i'm crying doesn't mean i'm, I'm sad right just because you know i'm shaking doesn't mean i'm having a panic attack yeah. i could very mm-hmm. well be having a heart attack right now you don't know like right, what what right. it could be you know and like you said it's, with it being trending you know and it's scary for our youth right now it's, it's so tough. scary when you it comes know to why? mental health because social media right now no because everyone is saying they have this and they have that there's a back order in adderall yeah. mm-hmm. and they're so, saying it because of a tiktok that they yeah, saw yeah, TikTok, where this girl went through all of her symptoms and because i relate to that i must be you know i must be yeah. adhd and my thing is I'm all for people um, being empowered by learning about mm-hmm. something that they may be going through and knowing that they're not alone or that there's mm-hmm. a name for it, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you just think, like, I don't know what's going on with me. And then you learn and you go, but let's talk to the professionals yes. about it. There is a right. lot of self-diagnosing going on. Yep. And one thing I will say, you know, to, to counter that uh, piece is sometimes it has to be a a longer or a lifelong sort of like journey of you learning like because i'm not gonna sit here and say that sometimes people don't get misdiagnosed right so you may think you have one thing and then you find out later on so like sometimes when i I will trust a client who say like yeah i've been in therapy since i was 12 i've seen this many therapists this is the site this is the psychiatrist that i Mm -hmm. see this is the medication i'm on i have a regimen going and these are these have been my diagnosis 
I trust you. Right. Because you've done a lot of research on yourself up until this point, until you you met me. You know what I mean? So let's collaborate on like, because the the best, I feel like the best client is the client who has a has a, a, a opening into themselves, right? They can see in themselves, they have a bit of self-awareness of like what's going on. But again, like sometimes that comes from battling a mental health issue, not having all the answers for a long time. And then you mm-hmm. finally get to a place where you like, okay, I know I've taken these meds. I know this bed work, this med don't work. Mm-hmm. This med gives yeah. me this side effect. Um, I know that I respond better to DBT over CBT. C- you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're helping me help you. Right. So right. like, there is, like I say, there is a certain level of empowerment that people feel when, you know, yeah. they've been going through something for so long and they mm-hmm. learn about a name, but then it can also be very dangerous when Absolutely. we're just um, internalizing so much of what we see online and adopting that because we want to feel seen. Right. I want to say to that regard, representation matters. A lot. For sure. Um, and as we wrap up the show, I want to be someone to be a face and have someone relate to them. Right. Some years ago, I was going through some things. The folks at this table know. And I was going through some things so much at my job, it required me to have to go seek out a therapist. I went and sought out a therapist, thought I was just a cool person. This is how I live my life. Therapist was like, I'm finna send you to somebody else to make sure what I think is what's going on. Long story short, came back, manic bipolar, depression disorder. And I'm like, me? Not me. Even my mama was like, no, not you. You ain't got that. We could pray it away type shit. You know how to, you know how the gospel folks be. Yeah. And... It's like, I was also told that's one of the, the disorders in the black community that's, it goes under the rug. Like everybody, mm-hmm. a lot it's, of people. It's a lot that. more common than people. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. You see and, mm-hmm. and what I'm trying to do is just like relate it for my artists. Because I mentioned earlier in the show, like when you're going through something, do you stop doing what you love? No. It really wasn't until I went through a breakup where it got me to the point where now I got to be on meds. I was doing behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. But it's like what, what me and you today was discussing in the yeah. car is like you can go through your whole life with having a disorder and yep. not knowing until something traumatic happens. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it could be that this pandemic has happened and now that's why so many people are going to therapists yeah. because things are coming out. You you done went crazy in the crib. Yeah. And I stopped listening to music, but I started writing my own music. Mm -hmm. My therapist, Elaine, right here, she told me she always gives me homework. And she's like, I want you to write a song about how you feel. I ended up writing a tripping song about how I felt. I ended up writing a big mental health song, Chasing Trains, talking about FMLA ain't got to cost four months of my sanity. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about I'm on some lithium and sedatives. Like, I'm better than I mind crack. Mm -hmm. Like, ain't got to play the game to kick it with them Anglo-Sax. Like, if you ain't heard Chasing Trains, I really think that you will relate to it as a person Mm -hmm. who has just had a long day. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And so, before we wrap up the show, I want (sighs) to know... What did you all either do during the pandemic to just keep that happiness and spirit alive? Or who were some artists that you digested during that time? I'll start with you, Britt. Okay. Um, So earlier we talked about, you know, uh, depression and employment and all the factors that go around with that. And, you know, I... I put out content about like, are you really depressed or do you just hate your job? Because I went through, I went, I I went, I went through a period at the right before the. Why we depressed? No, no, and and that's that's what I'm saying. Like so much of that stuff is, um, it can be situational, right? But that was huge for me at a at, at the beginning of the pandemic because. When I tell you, you know, we talked about spirituality and how they can coexist. Mm-hmm. I knew that God had something better for me. And I also knew that I was struggling and I had to figure out how do I like keep my shit together until mm-hmm. he opens that next door. Yeah. And so when I tell you about God's timing and I speak about his blessings, like I really mean it because February, 2020, I was fired from that job. Mm-hmm. Never been fired from a mm-hmm. job in my life. People don't Blessing. talk about being fired, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. As a therapist, like, 
working in a in a mental health space like what do you mean you know yep. wrongfully at that right but it was the best thing that ever yep. happened to mm -hmm. me because it thrusted me full time into private practice mm. this happened in february the world shut down in march, march right. i would have had to work that whole pandemic as a um what were they calling it? The the necessary workers. Like I wouldn't essential have right workers. the essential workers. I wouldn't have had a choice. Like yeah. I would have been exposed, you know? Yeah. And here I am, like, kinda bummed that I'm 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 uh, unemployed for a little bit, right? And then I look up and the rest of the world is sitting at home with me. Yeah, right. So just depresses. Outside of that, like being able to really develop what I want in my life to look like and to be free from sometimes that nine to five life that really may not serve people. Um, that was a groundbreaking moment for me. And I took a lot from what I learned over those next, you know, two years to the point where like now we're looking, I'm three years out of that. And it, it it's crazy how much I've been able to accomplish since then. So like when we talk about, you know, what helped me during the pandemic, it was fostering what I knew I could do. It was putting, um, the ideas that I had had, you know, I, I wrote a lot of my book in that pandemic, you know, so putting all those ideas that I had in my head or I had in my notes and allowing them to flourish and put them into fruition because mm -hmm. now I have the time to do that. I have a little bit of the resources mm -hmm. to do that, you know, so not letting that, I didn't want to come out of that pandemic and being like, what do I have to show for it? Right? Like some people, they just wanted to survive. And there were days where I felt like that. Like, I'm just glad I'm waking up, right. you know, <laughs> but then I was also like very, you know, I've always been a very goal oriented person. I'm like, I want to have something to show for this part of my life. If I already have had to sit down and miss out on you know potential opportunities or you know fun or whatever like let's use this to the best of my ability mm -hmm. so when we talk about artists i'm a big r&b here like okay. i r&b kind of moves me like of course you know i love my rap and my hip-hop but like i still listen to stuff that came out in the early 2000s you know like those artists i feel like music during that time um was also really valuable because you know we couldn't I feel like music is one of those things that bring people together. So you used to being at parties or clubs and like, you know, being collectively together, it was people dancing in their house because mm -hmm. music is what made them feel close to one another. Like it put them in a good mood. It give you a vibe, you know? Um, and I don't think that that's something that could ever be replaced. So you got any songs or artists you was listening to that helped bring the spirit alive in you? Who? Um, I, I love me some summer Walker. I love Period. me some, some scissor baby. When, Ooh. when scissor Ooh. dropped that control, like, and she talked about all of those different transitions, like, or those feelings that she had. And at that point in my life, I was, I was still feeling that, you know, like being in that similar age group and like knowing what it's like to, you know, experience heartbreak or, um, feeling like, you know, the, you're, you, you're getting older, but are you really getting older? Like things like things of that nature, I felt really connected to, um, I love me some Janae, like just being on that peaceful vibe. Like those are the artists I tend to lean into because not only do I feel like seen and heard by them, but I just, I love a good vibe. Okay. Tanae, give me who you was listening to. Man, who was I listening to? I'm always listening to Erica Badu. Oh, like, that's a good one. That's, you know, I always say I'm part unicorn, part Erica Badu. So, <laughs> um, Erica Badu, get me through some Four Leaf Clover, Next Lifetime, on and on. Like, those is my, you know, top. Um, Erica Badu, definitely Neo Soul. Um, whew. I mean, Summer Walker, you can't go wrong with Summer Walker. Yeah. Janae came out with some some fire. Janae has that. She had that Shalom She has that. Yes. She has. Yes. She has yeah. the uh, element and energy about her that it's just. Healing. It's healing. It's, it's healing. such a healing energy. So I definitely was on Janae during, during the pandemic, like when we was straight locked down, because that was my opportunity to, you know, because I was still working, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that was my opportunity to really pour into Selfie Connoisseur. And because everybody was scrolling all day long to really create content that spoke to everybody, that spoke to life, that really just created a, a, more, a deeper following of individuals, you know, 
on social media media i'm considered a micro influencer you know so um although i'm not at the tens of thousands yet (laughs) you know um the individuals that's there they feel like family so i had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people i've never met a day in my life different walks of life Mm -hmm. that were going through things that i my slogan you know of course is i'm here anybody you can talk to me about anything i don't care if i've ever met you a day but if you need somebody to talk (laughs) to i am there to listen without judgment you know and it, it allowed me to to create that space for individuals um and then to be like to be joyful to follow up saying, man you're thriving right now in life you know i can see because i remember back in march 2020 in july 2020 when we thought we was getting off punishment and didn't get off punishment <laughs> where we you know but um yeah that 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 time period it was a lot of a lot of music that was going on i always tend to create a spotify playlist um and just let it kind of curate itself after i've liked so many songs you know and janae and summer walker um Ari Lennox <laughs> definitely Shea Butter uh was definitely on my on my list during that time frame so period Miss Elaine what was you listening to who okay so you know I'm a thick girl so it was definitely Lizzo <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but yeah I definitely was listening to Lizzo and another artist I was listening to was Anna and the reason why I listened to the both of them is if you listen to the lyrics you can hear them talk about a lot of what they were going through, especially enough with him talking about like his experience and like how he was motivating himself to get through and, you know, how he allowed his anxiety and his OCD to be the force for him to move through his fear. And I think during the pandemic, I think that's a lot of what I was doing. It was moving through the fear. I was doing the same thing. I was working a job and was like, working a job full time and working my practice half time and then started still trying to take care of my family mm-hmm. and then I wasn't listening to the voice of God telling me uh, I put you in this position to get away from that position yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. time to transition yep and so at some point I found my courage um and it's so funny that one of um NL song is motivation that I kind of kept on replay during this time is I found my courage to let go of that job Mm. and put myself in a position to flourish with my business. Mm -hmm. And even though at that time I was going through a great deal of transition, Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot be afraid anymore. I have to find my voice. I have to be who I'm supposed to be. And I have to remain authentic of who I am because I want my person who's sitting in front of me to be authentic. So I am the cussing therapist. I ain't did nothing today. (laughs) But normally that's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And I had to get comfortable yeah. and be right. confident in that. And I think I have developed a new person at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. And you yeah. sent me some of NF's music too. Absolutely. So. And I added it to the positive reinforcement playlist. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. And then we have Miss Ivy, Dr. Ivy. Who were you listening to? Man, my music go with my mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you was turning up? All the time. So music for me is a coping mechanism. It's reassuring. Going to work, tired, fatigued, seasonal affective, not motivated. Of course, I'm going to play some Bontequila, some Beanie Man, Mm -hmm. Baby Sham, get the vibes going. Come home at night, so I'm going to go to my Bob Marley, my Gregory Isaac, Night Mm -hmm. Nurse is my favorite song. Home cleaning up. No, I'm going to do the J. Cole, the Miguel. Okay, so I, okay. On a Sunday, I'll give you Kenny Rogers. I love good written music yes. with mm-hmm. melody. I like something mm-hmm. that teaches me something. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like the nowadays stuff, because I'm so caught up in the older stuff. Yeah. I barely so listen to yeah. the nowadays <laughs> stuff. So my music, it just depending on the season, the mood, what is going on with me. So I use music to cope. I love that. Hearing yeah. what the therapists and the mental health professionals use to just boost yeah. their spirit. Yeah. And all of that will be on our playlist as well. Positive reinforcement. I just want to add in someone who I've been listening to who I really enjoyed the story. I don't know him a day in my life. His name is Rex Life Raj. I don't know if y'all heard him. Have y'all? Mm-hmm. He put out this tape called The Blue Hour. And from listening to it, you can tell that both of his parents had to have passed. He talked about both of them. He was talking about how he was too busy making beats on Fruity Loop to stop and learn how to change the carburetor with his dad. And then you know what happened to dad. And it's like those moments right there that's lost. And then you hear the interlude with his mom talking about how she's so happy that 
you know, she can be a representation of people who have cancer because that's what she was going through. And then she lost her life and he just, he recorded all this music in the room that she passed in and painted it a different color, like in her memory after that. And then I went to his show and heard his story even more and just started crying as he came off the stage and hugged me because I went through some similar things and I made my own pandemic album. And so with ending this show, you know, I just want to give a shout out to myself, to be honest, to myself, because I was really vulnerable in this episode. And there was a time where I couldn't speak about what I was going through because I thought that people would look at me as crazy or that I would embarrass my parents Mm. or, you know, Honestly, to be honest, like transparency is a big part of my brand. So I knew it would always be okay for me to talk about my story. And I just hoped that it would bless someone. So my last tape with everything going on really is just like my diary. And I'm so glad that we went through that so we can get through to something else. And I just hope that, you know, you all listen to it after this episode and it blesses you all. And most importantly, y'all stay tuned for more content from the Vicky Street Show, more great guests. So let's give a great clap right now for all the guests who came through. Thank you all for tuning in to the Vicky Street Show. Make sure y'all stay tuned for the next episode. I'll see y'all in these streets. Screw, screw. Just being a fan, don't worry about what I put up and worry about that minivan.